When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What a finish to the ATP Tour season. Welcome to TC Live, your post-game show to wrap up all the action from Championship Sunday in Torino. Novak Djokovic making more history today. His sixth title at the ATP Finals, a remarkable finish to a roller coaster season. The first man to win this trophy in three different decades. What a legend. Come on in. It's TC Live. Steve Weissman back alongside the Hall of Famer Jim Courier and the Hall of Famer Andy Roddick over on the big screen. Tip of the cap indeed. We'll give one to Novak Djokovic winning number six at the year-end finals. Andy, what would you think of it? Yeah, it was about what we expected going into this matchup. It's a tough matchup for Rude on any surface, much less on a quick court that was uh, kind of getting the ball through it a little bit. Um, you know, I think the, the point of concern for Novak, the biggest question mark, I, I don't think was with the matchup or Casper, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but it was with his own body uh, and his exhaustion and going through the paces uh, of kind of the, the tail end of, of playing continuously. But listen, you put Novak indoors, low bouncing court, ball moving through the court. He knows what to do with that. Uh, you know, I, I think he's the best player in the world right now. That's what Andy said. Best player in the world right now, Jim. He'll be ranked fifth when the, the final rankings come out. But what impressed you the most with Novak? Well, I think the, the durability, the fact that he was able to overcome whatever he was dealing with physically. Perhaps in this post-match interview, he will let us in on what he was dealing with because it didn't look right. He was sitting on the, on the sidelines going, wow, as he, he couldn't believe what was happening. But then he got better and better as the match went on seemingly. And most importantly... He never got behind in most of these rallies. He was the offensive player. He didn't have to dig into the corners as much as, as he might normally have. So save some energy along the way there. And, um, you know, just have to be so impressed with his resilience and ability to overcome all kinds of different things this season. Absolutely. You said yesterday 80% is what he needed health-wise in order to get through this match. Who knows exactly where he was at. But he had enough to get it done. And get it done in straight sets, Jim. As you said, Novak... Never trailing, never getting behind the eight ball. Well, he had a chance to break it wide open, too. Had some early break point chances on Rude's first service game. Uh, but this was the, the onset of the match when Novak, he was trying to get his legs underneath him. He looked a little bit out of sorts. They had one long rally, and he seemed to be very winded and out of it. And Casper Rude, I think maybe, maybe spent a little too much time looking at his opponent. Because at one point, like after this point, Casper looking at him going, what am I dealing with here? But what he didn't do was deal with his forehand as much as he should have. He allowed Novak's forehand to be the most important shot on the court. Andy, I want to bring you in on here. Were you surprised at all that Casper wasn't uh, a little more of a bully out there in these rallies? 
It's just tough, Jim, because you see these rallies go, and it's sideline to sideline. Does he take a shot at that one? He's still five feet behind the baseline. So, yes, he had to up the risk profile, but he also can't get too far outside of what he does well and what's taken him to this point. So it's what the best players force you to do is make decisions that you are completely uncomfortable with time and time again. Yeah, well, Djokovic made him pay with a late break at the end of the first set. Gets an early break in the second, and he was off to the races. Rude again, just watching forehands whistle by him. So Djokovic gets to the brink, has a little bit of a bobble here as he tries to serve it out. But again, another long rally where Rude not able to really put Novak on the defense. He bailed out with the drop shot. Gets him to match point. The ace up the middle. It's all over. Novak, the champion. Difference between great players and all-time legends. That is exactly what Novak Djokovic is. A family time for Nole as he greets his wife and everybody there to support him. What a finish to the year. He's been able to kiss that trophy six times in three different cities, three different decades. The serve, you always talk about the return for Novak Djokovic. He won 80% of the points on serve, didn't face a break point. Nine aces, broke twice against Kasparud and moments ago on court with Prakash. Novak, you're a warrior, man. In addition to having to overcome the best players in the world, you had some physical ailments you had to overcome the last few days. How difficult was that in addition to everything you had to go through this week? Well, you always have to go through something, you know, to, to win uh, the peak of the big mountain. You know, it's one of the biggest mountains that we have in, uh, in, in the tennis world. So it's normal, you know, I don't need to talk about it. I mean, everyone goes through something, you know, whether it's uh, physical or mental or emotional pain, stress you know, pressure, whatever, you know, you just have to deal with a lot of things. And um, but that's part of the individual sport. It's part of the sport that we, we love so much, that has given us so much. And it's, it's a golden opportunity for me, you know, to compete at this highest level against the best players in the world at the, this stage of my, my life, this age. Uh, after seven years to win uh, one of the biggest trophies in sport, it's really a big relief, but also fully satisfying. Um, you know, full of joy, obviously, and, uh, and particularly after everything that has happened and I've been through this year, first six months especially, so, you know, I'm just uh, very thrilled and grateful. You talk about this year, of course, it's been the most challenging of your career. Still finished top five. You've won the titles, you've won. What are you most proud of when you look back on this year? The finish. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I look, uh, Everything that has happened and it, it, that always happens is happening for a reason, you know. So I, I try to have that kind of approach to life and my professional tennis career. Try to analyze really why something is happening, you know, whether it's good or bad. And uh, I believe that we, you know, we attract things, you know, uh, with our life, with the, what we what we are thinking we get outside. And um, what happened in Australia is something that I obviously somehow whatever attracted i don't know what it was with universe but it did happen and it was a shock um and it took me months and months to really recover from it and to kind of uh, find again the the optimal balance i guess mental physical body and mind uh, on the court and, and start playing playing my tennis that has happened towards the end of the clay season started winning some big trophies wimbledon obviously big one big slam um and then the last you know, three months of the year have been 
tremendous for me. I mean, great tennis. I kind of found the groove back again. Uh, motivation is still there. I don't feel as exhausted probably at the end of this season as, as, as much as I have in the other seasons body-wise. Uh, mentally, probably yes. Uh, it may be even more because of, of the things happening off the court. But uh, in general, I, I, I must be pleased uh, when, when, when you draw a line. It has been a, a great season, a great ending. We can't wait for 23, my man. Enjoy December with the Thank family. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Most proud of the finish. Great job by Prakash all week and all year long getting those thoughts out of Novak Djokovic. Uh, Andy, uh, what's your reaction to what you just heard? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you said it all. I think, uh, you know, all Novak wants to do is, is kind of put the uh, extracurriculars uh, fr from this year uh, behind him. Um, it, it seems like he's able to uh, – he's gotten some space from it uh, a little bit. It feels like you, you kind of – get from where he's talking that he's looking to move forward, not backwards. And listen, some of it self-inflicted, some of it unfortunate, but uh, at the end of the day, he made lemonade from very, very few lemons this year. Um, finished strong. Uh, listen, I don't care what the number is next to his name, whether it's a seven going to Turin, whether it's going to be a five next year at Australia, uh, unless there's clay under his feet, he's probably uh, the favorite in, in any tournament that he enters. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think that the rankings this year are, are truly reflective because it's been such a strange year with, with Russia uh, and that decision with Wimbledon not getting any points to, to the All-England. So Novak would have another couple thousand points if they were included. Alcaraz would have had more points as well, so he would have still been on top of the mountain because he made the fourth round of, of the All-England club. But you look at this and, and uh, you know, it's impressive. Taylor Fritz, that's a great effort for him to come where he came, finish this year in Inside the top 10, Casper Ruud, stability, he's there. Uh, last year, top eight finish now, number three, all looking really good. Is Medvedev getting closer to recapturing his form after some uh, physical issues this year? Don't know. We shall see. Felix Oje-Aliassime, that's a big move for him forward this year, too. But it, we're teed up. Uh, this is the end of this year, <laughs> but we're teed up for a quick start in Australia. I'm already getting excited about that. Andy, we heard earlier in the show, first thing he said, Novak Djokovic, the best player in the world. We saw what the rankings are. Alcaraz, more wins than anyone else. He's ranked number one. Nadal, more majors than anyone else this year with two of those. Novak Djokovic, obviously what he's been able to do, and that's with not getting points from three majors, two which he didn't play, and four Masters 1000s as he wasn't allowed to play either. Who is your player of the year? I think the, the one that you want, the, the year that you want, is Nadal's. You want those two majors above anything when you're, when you're talking at this level. Um, all things considered, they all played awfully well. <laughs> There's just a lot to consider this year, a lot more than, than normal. But, but Rafa with two, and who's to say he wouldn't have uh, you know, put a, a good test in the finals of Wimbledon had he been healthy enough to get there against Novak? We'll never know. Yeah. He had a great season. Absolutely. Adding two more majors and now leading the total, 22. Djokovic has 21, Andy. What he, he was able to do here at the ATP Finals at age 35, right? So that's five years older than the oldest to ever do it, Roger Federer. And he's still, right now, in your opinion, the best player in the game. How is he able to do that at this age? Well, he's disciplined. And listen, the, the, his body doesn't look like a typical body that's at the end of the road. I mean, you see the flexibility. He hasn't lost... Uh, 
anything as, as as far as movement. If anything, he's just gotten better from years 28 to 35, right? So it doesn't look like, I mean, I, I you won't find a bigger Rafa fan than me, but it looks different than it did five years ago. He's having to adjust the way that he plays. He's having to play higher risk, you know, endpoints a little sooner, which means that we see some peaks and valleys a little bit more, right? When he's great, he's still great. But when he's down, he's not able to go into that second gear and just run balls down uh, all day long without paying a physical bill, right? And Novak still seems like he's able to rely on his body no matter which type of strategy uh, he's playing. You know, I, who knows what three or four years down the road looks like, but for the next year, two years, I mean, I think he's going to be the guy to beat. It's a scary thought hearing Novak tell Prakash, maybe mentally, yeah, it's the same as what I felt in the past, but physically, mm-hmm. I'm not as tired as I've been in the past, and, and, he's, and he's still older. Kasparud, got to put a button on him. Yep. Three of the biggest finals of the season. Made two major finals, and then, of course, in turn at the ATP finals. Uh, what does he take away from this year, and, and what does he need to do to get to that next well, spot? Well, I, I think he should take away a tremendous amount of pride and confidence. He's improved the speed on his first and second serves. His forehand is an absolute weapon. And I think his backhand has solidified a lot. I think he's a lot less vulnerable than he's been there in the past. You know, I, I think... There's not much for him to really work on, as far as I can tell, other than maybe being able to even be slightly more offensive on the the back end. One shot I'd like to see him add, honestly, is the drop shot. When you've got as much power and spin as he has, you push people back a lot. I don't see him using the drop shot on the forehand. I think there's easy money for him to use that shot, and that would make his forehand even more damaging because then you have to protect against that so there's a, a few little adjustments, but above all, man, super high five. What a year for Casper Rude. Yeah, it's just showing so much growth and so much improvement in all aspects of his game. I totally agree with Jim. On the backhand side, I used to think it was just kind of a rally shot to get him to a forehand. Um, the, the, the swing path feels a lot freer, right? From start to finish, it doesn't feel like there's any kind of wasted motion uh, on that side now. Now, if we're nitpicking, He's been exposed a little bit because it's weird because when you get to a certain level, your strengths almost become your weaknesses. And I'll explain what I mean. Him going way back on second serve returns against 98% of earth uh, is a great play. And it's one that puts him in the right position to, to win matches and to dominate that side of the court. But against someone like a Rafa going back, Rafa likes it when guys go back. It gives him a little bit more time against someone like Novak going back doesn't do much because he's so good at firming up that first ball. So if he can try to thread the needle between working on maybe getting up on some second serve just for situational uh, matchups, that's what it's going to take. He's going to have to find a way to kind of play outside of his comfort zone and play well. As far as improvement inside of his comfort zone, the guy's been a 10 out of 10 this year. I mean, unbelievable progress, especially on surfaces that shouldn't naturally make a lot of sense to him with what he does well. So as Jim said, props to props to Casper Rude, onward and upward, but um, improvement more than I guessed I would have seen from him two years ago, especially on the faster surfaces. Well done. And and the three guys he lost to in those finals, uh, Rafa at Roland Garros, which he owns, Carlos Alcaraz, who's the world number one at the U.S. Open, and Novak Djokovic, arguably the GOAT at the year-end finals. So uh, not too bad for Casper. By the way, $4.74 million for Novak Djokovic. Biggest payday in tennis history. Another record for Nole. Much more still to come on TC Live. Who will take the year-end doubles trophy? An American hoping to join the ranks of McEnroe, Ash, and more. Plus, the incredible rise of Ben Shelton has him headed down under 
Can he finish with back-to-back-to-back titles and inside the top 100? We've also got the best of the best from the entire season. That's right. Shots you got to see to believe. Don't go anywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It all started with my parents and they deserve everything. And it, and it does feel like a celebration to me. I wanted to feel like this at the end, and it's exactly what I hoped for, so thank you. It's been a fun ride, and I'm just so grateful to every single person. It's been a, it's been a perfect journey. I would do it all over again. It's a Tennis Channel special. We celebrate the legendary careers of Serena Williams and Roger Federer all next month, debuting Saturday, December 10th, 8 p.m. Eastern, an hour-long tribute from our legends like Martina and Andy to these legends, Serena and Roger. Heading back to Torino, men's doubles final. Rajiv Ram, Joe Salisbury. They finished runner-up last year, facing Nikola Mektic and Mate Pavic. Two undefeated teams meeting for the title for the first time since 1991, Andy. Ramsbury and Rajiv Ram and Salisbury with an unbelievable inside-out touchy lob there. Feely lob, I don't know, something like that. But Ram has been putting on an absolute clinic on the outside with returns. You see them move together, that part is just, uh, it's like peanut butter and jelly at this point. But this shot, I like the soft kind of laying down the line. Salisbury showing some nuance from the baseline with the lob previously, and then Ram again putting on a clinic on that ad side has been returning an unbelievable, uh, I mean, look, here we go again, a floater up the line, inside out, flat in, uh, flat angle cross court uh, it has been unbelievable. And then Salisbury says, you know what, I can do it too. Uh, I'm one half of Ramsbury. But let's put this thing away. Dalla, Dalla, Phil, Joe, Raj, we're going out. <laughs> Dalla, Dalla, go. How about the biggest payday in doubles history, Andy? $930,000 between those two. They're going sizzler, Steve. <laughs> of course they are. Uh, they get another Grand Slam title at the U.S. Open, and then they finish the year with the ATP Finals trophy. Salisbury, the first Brit to get that done, yeah, Jim. And amazing. For Rajiv Rump, he's the 18th American joining the likes of Stan Smith, Arthur Ashe, John McEnroe, and the Bryan brothers. Yeah, now it's a, an illustrious list to join. Rajiv, he's earned it. He has done it the hard way. He's had a, a very nice singles career, came through the college system, played at University of Illinois, and now has become a wizard on the doubles court. And uh, well done to Raj. A great way to finish his season. A lot of extra shekels in the bank to uh, fund some nice Christmas. And one thing also... Raj does a lot of great philanthropy work back home in Indiana. So props to, to Raj on a great season. Well done, big fella. Got to number one in the world as well and, and can get back there next yep. year. We'll see what happens. But yep. big props to Ramon Salisbury getting it done 
the victory at the ATP finals. Another American, Brandon Nakashima, is putting together a fundraiser and a charity event, raising funds for his friend and former San Diego area top junior player, Ivan Smith, who was in a car accident in April. This event, December 3rd, 2 p.m. at Rancho Santa Fe Tennis Club, Nakashima, going to be joined by James Blake, Marcos Giron, and Zach Zvida. To help Ivan's family, you can donate at GoFundMe.com slash Ivan Smith, national ranked tennis player. We send our love and support to Ivan as well. We'll be back right after this on TC Live. USA headed to Spain for the final big event of the year. Tennis Channel's chase for the championships, bringing you all the action from the Davis Cup finals. Our daily live coverage begins Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Team USA will be taking on Team Italy in the first matchup. Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafo, Tommy Paul, and Jack Sock for Captain Marty Fish. Take it on an Italian roster without Matteo Berrettini and without Yannick Sinner. They've got Lorenzo Musetti and Lorenzo Senego leading the way. Captain Courier, what do you think of Team USA's chances? I like their chances. This Thursday, it's, it's winner go home, right? It, it, this is knockout rounds. Now you're into the quarterfinals, and they got lucky because Sinner Berrettini would be a very different situation. We'll see. Hopefully our guys aren't on fumes. Hopefully they're fueled up and ready to go, and uh, Captain Marty Fish will have them pumped and ready to try and take advantage of what I think is a big, big opportunity. I mean, this is, you know, you've only got three matches you've got to win. Bang, 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 get her done. It can be done. It's been a while since the U.S. won. Right, Andy? Because you were the guy who got it done. Yeah, yeah get her done. Hashtag Larry the Cable Guy. I like the uh, Nebraska guy, Jim. Way to go. Uh, I like I, I like where the, the, the team is at, though. If you look at the matchups just on paper, uh, you know, Fritz, I mean, Fritz looked amazing at, 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 in, in tour. And Oma played probably Novak the toughest that he was played uh, this week, Francis has, has, has followed up the big U.S. Open one with consistent results through. I think the only thing that you could possibly question is Rajiv Ram not being on the team playing as well as he did in turn. But I actually agree with Marty's call here, and I know that's probably an unpopular uh, opinion. But at the end of the year, when guys are running potentially running on fumes, like Jim said, you have to have that backup, right? You have to have someone that can step, in, step up and win a big singles match. You know, it, I, I don't remember the last time the number three singles player on a U.S. team also beat Rafa like 10 days ago. So I love the way this, I love the way that this team looks as, as much depth as we've had on a U.S. team in a long, long time. Yet they're only taking four guys, Jim. They're not taking Rajiv Ram, who was on the team in Reno, mm -hmm. to help get him there. Yep. Number one doubles player at some point this year, just won the ATP Finals. If you were the captain, would you have put... Listen, I, I, I'm not the captain. And these picks are, are always a little bit... Um, Difficult, I would say, to, to put it mildly. And I think most of this probably comes down to thinking about the matchups and, and within the team as well, who to partner with. Perhaps Captain Marty Fish doesn't feel that Jack Sock, who's a wonderful doubles player, would partner very well with, with Roger Ebram. That's the only thing that I can think of because they're both individually excellent doubles players, but maybe the team, it doesn't jibe. Who knows? What I do know is, is that Jack has proven that he can come through in big matches and in, in doubles, uh, not that Rajiv hasn't. So we'll see how it plays out. But I, if I was Rajiv Ram, I'd be scratching my head too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at least he's got 930,000 reasons to, to feel good about himself today, right? You divide it by two, but it's still a lot of money. <laughs> Take a look at the bracket, Andy. This is what Team USA needs to do. First, it is Italy. Then 
the winner of Germany, Canada. Team Canada, remember, they won the ATP Cup at the start of the year. They've got Shapovalov and Felix Ojeali-Asim. And then at the bottom, uh, you got Australia, the Netherlands, Spain, and Croatia. Yeah, and I, I get in trouble on Twitter anytime I question Canada's presence uh, in this event, having lost in this event already this year. But what, what the hell do I know? Uh, but, you know, confuse and conquer, I guess. But uh, listen, it's just for me, it's just a matter of who has some fresh legs, right? Who's going to come out with the enthusiasm? It's so hard playing this at the end of the year after everything else when you're trying to kind of balance rest between getting ready for next year. That's what's going to make it exciting. So team chemistry really matters, I think. The captain making the right calls, getting a sense of how uh, their guys are feeling is going to be a big, big deal for this event, especially this year, kind of doing it all in one, one fell swoop at the end. The U.S. trying to get a record 33rd Davis Cup trophy first since Andy the Boys got it done 2007. Trending right now on social media. How about this tweet of the year from our guy, <laughs> Big Banks, Chris Eubanks, saying, uh, dinner on me in Melbourne tagging Ben Shelton. Why does he say that? Well, Ben Shelton won his third straight challenger title today in Champaign. Congratulations, Ben. That gets him inside the top 100, therefore direct entry into the Australian Open. And Chris Eubanks gets the USTA Australian Open wild card. He was second behind Ben. What a day for Ben Shelton and Chris Eubanks and uh, Big Banks taking care of dinner, Jim. I, I like that. And that that's about $70,000 if you lose in the first round in Australia. So uh, that is a big deal. And, and Banks did earn it, too, by playing some fantastic tennis. But what about Ben Shelton? Was in college this time last year. Just January 1, he started the season ranked 565 in the ATP Tour. As of today, live ranking has him at number 97. That is meteoric. Yeah, I, I said a week ago that once Ben Shelton gets in the top 100, he ain't going back outside of it. He has a big enough game for it to translate to tour level very, very, very quickly, has the weapons. And you always kind of look at these fall challengers uh, from a kind of a, a United States bias. If someone flies through those, winning three titles in a row at any level over the course of three weeks and, oh, by the way, I talked to his coach after he won last week just to say congratulations. And Dean said, I couldn't keep him out of the doubles this week. Ben just wants to keep playing. I said, well, that's that's an average call by him. But I do admire the enthusiasm. And like Jim said, props to Eubanks. I think he went final, final semi to finish the year and at least put himself in position to kind of uh, piggyback on, on Ben's successes. So I'm glad we're going to see both of them uh, in Australia in the main draw. Yeah, awesome stuff from Ben Shelton and Chris Eubanks. Uh, we do want to say we've been in communication with Nick Volatari's family, and despite some reports, he is alive and fighting at 91 years old, so we send our love and support to Nick and his family. More TC Live after this. Time 
Felix is feeling it. Tommy Paul, he showed it there. One of the shots of the year gonna turn out to be. Look at this. That's gonna take some topping. Oh my goodness! Totally legal. The smash comes off the tip of the racket. It spins. Just goes over the net and is going back over the other side of the net. Carino Busta senses it. Oh, that's sensational. who's six foot four by the way he comes up with another tweener oh yes baby <laughs> that's why i could make arguments for three or four of those to be number one yeah <laughs> go ahead i'm listening <laughs> i mean the jj wolf going left-handed and then i mean pcb we may never andy have you ever seen a, a shot like pablo carina busta going around the net in your life well i'm watching i'm i'm watching i'm like the the, the rules awareness i i would have been like confused i wouldn't have known what I, what was legal and what wasn't in that moment to like keep your composure run around the net hit that do a little dance make a little love hit a little drop shot get down tonight way to go pcb <laughs> speaking of getting down uh we've got some honorable mentions yep. jim some uh, some more shots oh, you like yeah let, let's get let's get right to it i mean i think this quarterfinal at the u.s open with alcaraz and center absolutely in the discussion of match of the year how about this point from these two guys Incredible. Just, oh, we got him out of order. This is Andy's. That's Mute and Rude. Andy, you'll take mine. I'll take yours. This is a little bender from Casper Rude coming around the net. He's not even sure he made this, but believe me, he did. And Steve, you like the hockey stop afterwards? The, oh, yeah. The breaks on? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he's Scandinavian. He knows what he's doing out there. You got it. Mute could not believe it. Just like I couldn't believe this one came second. Go ahead, Andy. Take it. Yeah, I'm on this one. The behind the back, and then he's literally in motion before center even thinks about hitting it. This guy is just electric. As I said the other day, what a gift to the game. Look at the anticipation here. Great shot by center. Read it perfectly. Alcaraz somehow saves it, and he literally, I mean, I, I, maybe he could have caught that ball there. Look at the transitional movement here. Oh, my God. This kid can move yeah. it explosive move it yeah he's an acrobat oh. that's unbelievable what a daredevil um just awesome and that whole match was incredible just big picture i was just thinking about the matches of the year for me nadal medvedev australian open final was incredible nadal djokovic quarterfinals roland garros and then that center alcaraz match i don't know if i could pick between the three of them but just some outstanding play and big moments it was fun uh, this season was insane Andy. anything stand out to you in terms of matches overall 
Well, listen, every one that Alcaraz played that ended at three in the morning. Um, I, I think we uh, tip of the cap to uh, some excitement that Francis Tiafo brought during the U.S. Open. It's the loudest I've heard that stadium for an American male in a long, long time. He was eating it up. He was able to control the theater of that place. It was great to see an American male be able to do that again and emote and get the crowd into it. I enjoyed those matches a bunch. And what about Alcaraz's run in Madrid? Takes out Nadal and Djokovic, yeah. which no one had ever done in a clay court tournament, the same one, and then beats Zverev when he should have been on fumes, crushes Zverev in the final. I and mean, that was an outstanding run from Carlos as well. And I, I still love Taylor Fritz's run at, at Indian Wells, where he's literally every coach told him, do not step on the court in the right. final against Nadal. Your foot's messed up. He goes out there, finds out that Nadal has a rib fracture, and, and he can barely play out there. And then Taylor Fritz gets his first Masters title. That whole run uh, was absolutely remarkable. Yeah. Looking ahead to 2023, yeah. I mean, we talk about who's the best Ash player. Ash returning? Ash <laughs> Is she coming back yet? This, this is interesting because this is the first time since 2003 that a WTA player finishes with the most prize money of the year. Iga mm. Sviantek out-earned everyone. That's how good her year yeah, was. Amazing. Kim Kleister's in 2003. This year, Iga Sviantek out-earns everybody. Yeah, I mean, she earned it. She, she filled the vacuum, right? When Ash Barty retires, like, what's going to happen now? All of a sudden, she steps into the void and wins 37 matches in a row, I think. I mean, yeah. something outstanding before it finally ended at Wimbledon. It'll be fun to see what she can bring in Australia. I'm looking forward to that United Cup. Uh, that, that's the new mixed event, kind of like the Hopman Cup with men and women playing together. That's how we're going to start the season off. Looking forward to seeing how that event shapes up. But um, this has been a wacky year. A wild year, and uh, it's hard to believe that we have a little bit of Davis Cup and we're done, but uh, a lot of memories created in the tennis world this year, that's for sure. Andy, looking ahead to 2023, yeah. give us your thoughts. Well, 2020, I, didn't, I wanted to say something quickly. Sviatek won the most money because she was the most dominant player on earth this year. Men's and women's side, the most consistent, the most dominant, uh, start to finish, right? And obviously there's some weird circumstances uh, along the way, but one of the biggest storylines for me uh, coming into this year is Novak Djokovic being injected back into the slams, um, you know, and, and points being on the line. And how is Alcaraz going to adjust to that? And are we going to see this kind of clash of generations? I can't wait to see it. Is Sinner ready to be a top five player? Is Taylor Fritz ready to make it to the, the business end of a, of a Grand Slam? Who's going to be the top-ranked American male uh, at, the, at the end of next year? Is Jess Pagula or Coco Goff ready to win a Grand Slam? There's so many great storylines. I can't wait. I just hope you all put up with me for another year. Steve and Jim, absolute blast being with you guys. Likewise, Andy. It's been so much fun. Steve, you're the best at hosting us and corralling our uh, sort of wild <laughs> thoughts and images. But look, for next season, I just hope we see more combined events. That's what tennis does best. Let's have more women's and men's together. Let's bring all of our star power together, and we'll bring it to you here on Tennis Channel. Yes, we will. Always happy to be part of a Hall of Fame sandwich right here. For Jim Courier, Andy Roddick, our entire Tennis Channel team, I'm Steve Weisman. Thanks for watching TC Live today and all year long.